If you fail to prepare, you prepare to fail. Right? This is the story of my life. When Tim and I go away on holiday, so just like many of you guys, you would have had a wee break with your family and your friends, and as usual, the night before we go away, we are relaxing at home, and then all of a sudden, Tim's gone. And I'm like, babe, where are you? And I can hear him rustling through our cupboards, and he's in our drawers, and he's in the spare room pulling out bags, and I'm like, what are you doing? And he pops his head outside of the bedroom with excitement all over his face. And he's like, I'm packing. I'm getting our stuff ready. And of course, in my true style, hun, that's tomorrow. (laughs) We can pack tomorrow. It'll be fine. I'm a fast packer. Don't worry. I've got this. And Tim's response is, honey, scouts are always prepared. So Tim comes from a family of scouts and camping and adventure, very similar to myself. (laughs) And my response to him is, do I look like a scout? (laughs) Have you ever seen a Samoan scout? (laughs) Not in my family, actually. So on the day we go away on holiday and, you know, um, first day, it's going great. You know, sun's out, it's amazing. The second day... I'm like going through my bag and I'm trying to find something and, and I'm like, um, honey, have you seen my shorts? Because I need to do some exercise. I need to go for a run. And I'm like, have you seen my shorts? By any chance, what I'm trying to say is, by any chance did you grab my shorts or did you pack my shorts? And what I'm actually saying is that I forgot my shorts or that I packed the wrong clothes or I didn't even... Uh, get a chance to do that, and then all of a sudden I'm looking at his shorts, and I'm like, can I wear your shorts today? <laughs> and with a smile on his face, without, without a shadow, he's like, hun, I told you, it's better to be prepared. <laughs> and so let's just say I didn't end up wearing Tim's shorts, but there were a lot of trips to the shopping mall to buy some new necessities, And even though we had a great holiday, I did enjoy my new collection to my wardrobe. So when you fail to prepare, you prepare to fail, right? Anyway, so while we're on holiday, uh, we did take some time out to reflect on our 2017. And there were moments of brilliance, and I was stoked at how some things went. And then there were moments of my year that weren't too flash. Um, There could have been a lot of wins, but for whatever reasons, I I didn't come first. I didn't win. And then there were times where I look back and I just, you know, I wish I could have handled those moments better. There were some tough times and I wondered how did we ever get through that? And then there were times where I was in awe of God and how I wish God I wanted some more of those moments. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? So while looking back and reflecting, like many of you, um, I was also anticipating a new year, a new 2018 and all that it holds. And so with my reflections of 2017 and my high expectations and hopes for this year, I realized that actually I can have a part to play in how my 2018 will look like by simply doing one thing, preparing. If you fail to prepare, you prepare to fail. And so this morning, the title of my message is prepare, prepare, prepare. 
I am preaching to myself. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you're in this place. And I thank you for your presence. And Lord, I pray that you would prepare our hearts and our minds to hear you speak, God. And I pray that you would impart faith and that you'll give us grace to begin to step out and do what you've asked us to do in Jesus' name. Amen. So this morning, I wanna look at one of my favorite people in the Bible, and that is Joshua. And I guess I'm drawn to Joshua because of his tenacity to go after the things that he wants. And because Joshua in the Bible is a man of action. And so we're gonna look at how Joshua prepared to lead the Israelites into the promised land. If you've got your Bibles with me, Joshua 1 verse 10. Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people saying, prepare provisions for yourself for within three days you will cross over this Jordan to go in to possess the land which the Lord your God is giving you to possess. And I don't know about you, but the very task of um, possessing new land or conquering new territory, let alone doing something out of the ordinary, I think requires a little bit of planning and a little bit of preparation. And I think Joshua was either like, either I can wing this and we're gonna, and hope for the best and hopefully we don't drown as we cross the Jordan, or I can prepare ourselves the right way to cross over. And it's the same challenge for you this morning. We can either let this year come and go and look back and go, oh, 2018 was just another year. Or we can prepare for this year and see God's fingerprint on everything that we have done and step into the promises for our lives. So as Joshua prepares to lead the Israelites, he does it in three ways. He prepares for change, he prepares for battles, and he prepares for victories. So we're gonna talk about the first one, Joshua preparing for change. So I don't know about you, but Joshua's this, um, he's hanging out with Moses and all of a sudden he finds him uh, the leader of the pack and he's assuming this new responsibility. So he goes from following Moses to now being the main man of the moment. And if that wasn't all, he had to lead the Israelites from a place of comfort, a place of familiarity, a place of security, and he has to move them to a place that they'd never been to before to an unknown place, to an unfamiliar place. Not an easy task. Um, for me, I, when I read that, I was just like, oh, no way, drop the mic, I'm out, I'm, right? But the Bible is full of people who are like you and me. And Joshua is no different to us when he faced change. There would be feelings of being scared. I reckon Joshua was scared out of his wits. You mean I've got to lead all of these people? I reckon he was a bit apprehensive. Do you think I could take Moses' job? He was a bit unsure. And yet, but I think in Joshua, the, t- the kind of person that he was, I think he was a little bit intrigued and a little bit excited at the possibility of what the promised land would bring. So for the longest time, I was single. And I was absolutely crushing it. it this is my story. I was living life to the fullest, I was traveling the world, serving God, being committed in the house, and all around kind of a great kind of girl. (laughs) Again, this is my story, go with it. Now I would be lying to you if every now and again, I did not hope, I did not think of this, maybe God, you would send me that special someone, right? 
how romantic it would be to sit in the movies and holding hands with my special someone. All the young people are like, like. And, and that special someone can be my plus one, God, because there's only so many birthday parties, so many dinner invites, so many uh, hangouts that you can turn up to by yourself before it begins to hurt just a little bit. Now, it didn't matter too much, to be honest, because my single life was amazing. Uh, hands down, if you are single, it is the best life ever. <laughs> don't worry, I'll get to marriage. Don't worry, I'll get to marriage. <laughs> Honestly, being single was amazing. It was so good. And so by the time that this handsome, young, good-looking guy entered my life, I had done all my crazy single stuff. I'd traveled the world, I'd done all of that stuff, and I was actually prepared to take the next step and to settle, out, settle down and get married. And so I was ready for the special person, um, someone to go home to, someone to share my hopes and dreams, to keep traveling the world. And Tim and I have had some amazing memories, right, honey? <laughs> amazing memories. <laughs> <laughs> However, there are some things that I was not prepared for in the season of change. And that was understanding that I wasn't single anymore but married, and I had to get used to uh, considering someone else in making plans, or going from managing my own money and spending it how I wanted to, to, what do you mean I've got an allowance? <laughs> what is this word allowance? How, how do you spell this word allowance? You see, money wasn't the issue. It was having someone answerable to that I found challenging. Is anyone with me? Yeah. Yeah, oh, yes, yes. Or coming to terms with the change that actually I'm not the real boss. <laughs> OMG, super uncomfortable. <laughs> I know for many parents here who might be feeling a little bit uneasy that their child is heading off to school for the first time or starting up a new school or going to university and, 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 or starting a new job? Will they make friends? How will they cope? Are they ready for the big world? So while we can anticipate, cha anticipate changes coming, sometimes embracing those changes might take time. And while we like the idea that change is good for us, to get us to change sometimes is easier said than done. Does, that sound, does this sound like you? Oh no, I'm gonna do my examples. Does this sound like you? Oh, I like the idea of being fit and healthy. Oh, but working out is hard, it's just so hard, crying face emoji. This year, one of my New Year's resolutions is to get up and seek God and pray more in the morning before school or work. Oh, but it's so hard to get up, I'm so tired in the morning, sleeping emoji. Or is this you? Oh, I'm clean eating this year but it's cheat night tonight. Uh, I mean, it's cheat week. Oh, I'm sorry, it's cheat year. <laughs> Laughing emoji, because so many, <laughs> that's true, right? Put your hand up if that's you. Yep, just me. <laughs> Friends, what are the changes that you are facing this morning? Are you facing a change in your family situation? Maybe you've become parents for the first time and you're trying to adjust to this new life? Or are you on the other side of the coin? Maybe you're trying to deal with having an empty nest. All of a sudden, the noise is gone. 
All of a sudden, my kids are gone. They've grown up and they've gone to lead their own lives. Man, God, it's for so long. It's always been about the kids. Now what? Or maybe you're sitting here and you've just come from overseas and you've left your family and your friends and you're sitting here and you're like, God, this, this change is good, but man, I'm feeling a little bit anxious. In fact, this morning after the second service, I met an entire family who had moved from South Africa, who had come here with their children, who were starting brand new schools, starting new jobs in a new country, and just were feeling anxious about their year. While they're excited, like, man, this is good, there's an uneasiness that was sitting in, there, sitting with, uh, sitting in them. Or maybe this morning you've had a change in job, um, and your financial situation has changed and you're feeling a little bit uneasy, like, man, is there gonna be enough this year? Some of our changes we can be ready for and some of them we won't understand. But if you know what, it, but, but know that whatever changes that you face this morning ahead of you, be encouraged that Joshua 1 verse five says, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. The key to Joshua preparing for change was found in this book. Joshua 1.8, it says, this book of the law shall not depart from my mouth, but it shall meditate on it day and night, that you may observe to do according to what it is written. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Church, it's all in the book. For the changes that you face this morning that, are, that you can anticipate, God will show us what to do in this book. I love what Pastor Tark said in one of his messages, we can't see what's ahead, but God can see what's around the corner. And God is always wanting the very best for you, but he will call us to move and to shift and to change what we're doing in order to position you for where he wants you to be. We can talk to people and we can get good counsel, we can hope for the best, or we can go to God himself and hear him speak to you for where you're at and let faith grow in our hearts. And I don't know about you, but when we face uh, change, often the one thing that we need is encouragement. Keep going. You got this. You're the right person. I chose you. I believe in you. You are strong. Be strong and courageous. You can do this. Um, I've been super encouraged by what God has been speaking to us as a church and all the prophetic words that that have been coming. And I sense that, man, I need to prepare for change. And God has, uh, one of the prophetic words has been, this place has been, is too small for us. And you know, and I've, as much as those words are for the church, I pull them down and I say, man, that word is for me. This place is too small for me. So what does that look like? It means church that when you start turning up to an 11 o'clock service at 10.30, this place is packed out. You can't even get in. This place is too small for us. It means that there's gonna be another service time for us. It means that there's gonna be a new campus that's gonna start up. If you're a youth, it means that Auditorium 2 is too small for us. We need to go somewhere else to see the revival that God is gonna bring in from the high schools. It means that hundreds of us, volunteers, are gonna come on board to help make uh, this place and to see the kingdom of God grow. It means that the place where God has placed you in your workplace or in your school, that place is too small for you. Your influence is gonna begin to increase and it's gonna begin to go beyond your classroom. It's gonna go beyond your work colleagues. It's gonna increase into your management to people of influence. 
Church, this place is too small for us. I love the fact that it is about a limitless God, the God of the impossible, the God that says to you, not not just about a physical proximity space, but about how big our God is, amen? You know, there's that word about a second wind coming, hoist the sails, church, there's a fresh outpouring of God that he's about to do. And even tonight, as Pastor Kathy's gonna share that second wind, man, what I take from that word, I take that, man, my best days are ahead of me. You know, there's a second wind coming, hoist the sail. That means that my best days are ahead. That means your best days for your life are ahead of you. You may be sitting here and 60 years old and you're like, well, you know, I've lived a good life. No, you've got so much more to do. God has got so much more to do for you. Your best days are ahead. So just as Joshua prepared for change, we too must prepare for what is ahead. So Joshua prepares for change. Joshua secondly prepares for battles. And you know why Joshua fought a lot of uh, physical battles? Actually, I think that some of Joshua's biggest battles were in his mind. And there's a quote from Ezra Taft Benson. It says, sometimes the greatest battles we face will be in the silent chambers of our souls. In our minds, we fight battles of fear. We fight battles of insecurity. We fight battles of uncertainty. We fight battles that were not good enough. But here's what we learn from the life of Joshua. We learn that he prepares for battle because Moses taught him. And I say that again. Joshua learned how to prepare for battle because Moses taught him. Joshua recognized that God gave him Moses into his life to help him grow. Joshua spent time hanging out with Moses, being his understudy, watching how he lived. And because of that, Joshua developed a greater faith in God. When God asked Moses to leave leave and go to the promised land, what did Moses do? He went and sought God's face. Exodus 33, 11, it says, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one that would speak to his friend. Now Moses would return to camp, but his young age, Joshua, Son of none did not leave the tent. Joshua saw how Moses, he's like, okay, we're gonna go to fight. Moses like, come on, Joshua, we're gonna go fight. We're gonna go take the land. We're gonna go into the promised land. He watched how Moses went up, to the, went up the mountain and spoke with God. So when Joshua, when it was Joshua's turn to go and lead the Israelites, how does he prepare for battle? He goes to seek God. How does he prepare for battle? He seeks the face of God. He hears what God is saying. We need to prepare for battles that we face this year with the Word of God. Don't get me wrong, I think that wise counsel is good and we need it, especially for important decisions, but we need to learn how to fight and prepare through the Word of God. Joshua understood the power of relationships. Friends, God doesn't expect you to prepare for battles by yourself, nor does he expect you to fight battles by yourself. He puts people into your lives to help you learn, to grow, to stand with you in tough times, whether that's your parents, whether that's your mentors, your leaders, your pastors. Some of the best people that God will put in your life will be found in life groups. I've heard so many stories about how life groups interceded, how life groups were there for me, how life groups helped me get a a job or prayed me through a sickness or, man, 
Those are the people. God may not send you a, a, a Moses, but God will send you people in a life group to help you, to grow you, to stand with you. Maybe this is your year of change. We can hear it and go, oh yeah, maybe if you are sitting here and you're not connected into any life group, maybe it's your year of change. Maybe it's time to step out and go, oh, I'm gonna go sign up for a youth life group or a young adults life group or I'm gonna go and join a men's life group or a women's life group or a young families life group. There is a place for you in the house. So Joshua prepares for battle with those around him, and he doesn't do it alone, but Joshua also prepares by sending out two spies, and he says to the two spies, go and view the land, especially Jericho. To prepare for battle, why I always cry when I come to this part, I don't know. To prepare for battle, we must go. We must go. Church, imagine preparing for battle and never going. What a waste of time. We only grow and get stronger as we take a step of faith, no matter how hard it is. The enemy will try and hold you back and bombard you with lies and try and tell you and keep you paralyzed in a place of comfort. Oh, you can't do that this year. I don't think you're gonna make it. You're not gonna be successful at school this year. Oh no, you're not gonna get that promotion. You're not gonna get that pay rise. You'll never reach your goals. You'll never become the person that you want. You'll never be successful in life. Did you forget that you had a past? No, friends. You are to go. You are called to go after the promises that God has for your life. No longer to sit in a comfortable place, but to step out and go. Joshua 3, verse uh, uh, verse 15 to 16, it says that as soon as the priests were at the edge of the Jordan, their feet touched the Jordan River. And it says in verse 16 that the waters um, stood up still. When we trust what God has said, we take a step of faith and go. That's when the miracles flow. I'm a rapper, that rhymes. When we trust what God has said and we take a step of faith and go, that's when the miracles flow. My new album is coming out later on. Take autographs up. I'm only joking. I'm not a rapper. Of course you need wisdom when you're making big decisions. But what I am saying is if the enemy is telling you that it can't be done, that you're not good enough, that you'll always lose, you need to hear the word of God this morning. 2 Timothy 1.7. God hasn't given you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. As we, in our battles, as we go, God's word says, Psalms 23.5, he will prepare a table before me in the presence of your enemies. So Joshua, amen. So Joshua prepares for change. Joshua prepares for battle. And finally, Joshua prepares for victories. And he does this in three ways. One is that Joshua simply trusted and obeyed what God said. Proverbs 3, five to six, it says, trust the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Obedience, my friends, is victory. Obedience, when you trust and obey, 
that already is victory in your life. We often underestimate what that small step of obedience is, but God gives you the grace to walk out that obedience that he requires and his grace is sufficient for you and me. Secondly, to prepare for victories, we need to understand that sometimes victories is one step at a time. I reckon that when Joshua, it took a lot for people to hear and obey and then to cross the river of Jordan. Every step that they crossed the Jordan River was one step closer to the promised land. I think of the university students that are doing a three-year degree. Every assignment, every assessment that they complete and pass, complete and pass, is one step closer to finishing that degree. In fact, I met some beautiful young girls down there, uh, university students. They will, you will know, man, finishing that one assessment, oh man, done. Finishing your first year of university means that you've only got two years to go. It's huge. It's one step closer to your victory. For that mom at home that's bringing up kids, and I know that you know the goal is to raise amazing God-fearing children and who are successful in life, and eventually they're gonna contribute to society in a positive way, but the win for them is to get up every morning, get those kids up, have breakfast, get them in the car and get them to school. That daily routine is a win for them. And that win is gonna step them closer to growing amazing young people. So Joshua trusted and obeyed. Joshua had victories that understood it takes one step at a time. And thirdly, Joshua sent the priests ahead who carried the Ark of the Covenant into the Jordan River. And it's the presence of God um, and it speaks about worship and it speaks about praise. When the walls of Jericho came tumbling down in chapter five of Joshua, what did they do to prepare for victory? They sent their worship. They sent their praise ahead of their victory. Church, we need to send our praise ahead of our victory, ahead of our successes, ahead um, of our achievements, ahead of the battles that we will win this year. 2018 is gonna be an outstanding year for us. And so even before the year gets underway, we're gonna be like, God, I'm sending my praise ahead and I thank you that this is gonna be the best year of my life. God, I thank you that this year my family are gonna get saved. God, I thank you that this year I'm gonna see some mountains move, I'm gonna see some debt go. Lord, I'm sending my worship because it doesn't matter what changes I face, doesn't matter what battles I face, I declare that you are a good God. Everything that I face this year in 2018, Lord, my grace, your grace is made perfect in my weakness. For every blessing and every challenge that you will will go through, God says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Church, there's power in praise. There's power in thanksgiving. There's a quote that says, it's not happy people who are thankful. It's thankful people who are happy. When we send our praise ahead, we prepare for our victories and we remember that our victories come from God and it's Him that fights our battles. Can I have the musicians, please?